Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Luke St. Clair. Luke, thank you very much for joining me. Good morning. I feel like there's a bit of rivalry this morning, Luke, actually, because you just just gone to have a bit of your coffee from your lovely branded <laughs> mug. I'm in my Northampton, <laughs> Northampton Saints rugby mug. Yeah. Um, so obviously with you being in Leicester, there's a bit of a, a Midlands derby there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But I think that I think the because um, that's rugby, isn't it? I don't follow rugby. You're, so. in, you're into your football, though, aren't you? You're, you're a Leicester City season ticket holder. Am I right in saying? Yeah, for for my sins, obviously this season, God knows what's what's going on. But I'm sure it'll all come out. I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash. But uh, you have to trust the owners because they're decent owners, to be fair. So actually, we're going a bit off piece here. I had no idea I was going to say that, but you you lifted that coffee up and I thought, actually, I'm going to jump into this. So let's just talk about Leicester City Football Club very quickly, because I think there can be some alignments there with a state agency where the the owners are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, um, I mean, I have this conversation with many, many people and I don't know how many owners are actually that well connected with their fans um, in terms of how how they actually get involved. I know um, when they went over to Rome and I think the game before Rome, they were actually walking in the streets, shaking the fans' hands. Um, and they, these are like multi-millionaire owners yeah. and, and they're just out there in with the fans. Okay, they got their entourage with them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's just great. But it, I think it, um, it, uh, it kind of, resembles uh i've been listening to a book leader without a title okay um so it kind of resembles that i don't, I don't it doesn't there isn't that kind of hierarchy with them they just want to be they love the they love the club they love football and they just want to get involved and i think when you won the fa cup a couple of seasons ago you could see yeah, what 20, it meant. yeah 2021 you could see what it meant like to uh, the owner and then the way the players sort of said no you lift the trophy come on have your moment yeah. like it was yeah. it was inspiring to see that because there's so many football clubs uh, that hate their owners and protest against them yeah and, yeah. yeah it's Man not U been the best Manu being one of them well yeah I, I yeah. prefer if we didn't mention Manu after Monday night Luke um, <laughs> we'll leave that there um, but but again they've, they've gone through uh, if you think the last half half a dozen years from getting back into the Premier League, yeah. then managing to stay up, which didn't yeah. be possible at one point, then winning the league, then obviously disaster struck yeah. with the owner passing away, obviously in, in, in terrible circumstances, yeah. then the sun takes it over, then you win the FA Cup. And and again, some of the some of the signings and then the selling on as well, the profit yeah. made as well. Yeah. It's yeah. it's very well done. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought we would have been able to sell Harry Maguire for what we did? So, and and Wesley Fofana might potentially go for more. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, potentially. If he does, he does. It's one of those things. Is what football's all about. So, but but on that point as well, and 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 people might be listening, going, why why do these guys talk about football? But just to stay on that point, yeah, Maguire gets sold. There's been others that have sold as well, but Leicester do seem to have a tendency of bringing in new people whether that's through the academy or making other signings for yeah. li little amounts you know Riyad Mahrez and Gole Kante etc etc yeah. it's a lot like a state agency isn't it because again it we're a people business as it's yeah. football you've got to keep the footballers happy who are getting yeah. crazy yeah well 
it is it is a people business and that's one of the things why we invested in our training center which is where where i am today um so we we we've, we're only three branches but we've invested in a training center um it's it's nothing elaborate but it's first floor office place um about 1100 square foot um but something that struck home was is the football analogy because if you look at the likes of i mean i never looked at it from a Leicester city perspective because sometimes when you're inward you, you don't look yeah, from yeah. the outside but i looked at it like man city and look at what what's the setup that man city have when it comes to youth development and bringing because bringing those players through at a younger age they could be the next 100 million pound signing but also the ones that are going to make or break them winning the league or eventually maybe being able to win the champions league um and it's only the same for any other business. They're going to be your next A players. They're going to be the ones that are going to be serving the customer, giving that six-star, five-star service, whatever service you want them to give, but making sure everyone's then synergized so that they're working in harmony. Yeah, de- definitely. And just on something you said there about the training centre that you're in now, and you mentioned earlier, what was the book you were in, Leader, Leader Without a Title? Without a Title, yeah um it is i started uh listening to it it came as a recommendation um and I'm just trying to remember the name of the author um for it now so i'm just bringing up my um my audible um leader without a title robin sharma oh it's robin sharma okay yeah so it's robin sharma book i'm not that i'm i'm probably two hours into it um so i started listening to it um when, when I was in Australia recently um because I've been back for about 10 days now because I made a cheeky trip over to do some training um and uh it, it is it's a very good it's a very good book and it's all about you don't need a title to lead people essentially is what it what it all boils down to but it's the actions that you do um and, and it's told in it and it's told in a very good way that it does stick up here yeah so um just going slightly opposite leader about the title um remind me there is a role in your business and the title is something of first impressions director of first impressions okay. yeah and, yeah so we we have two of them and and talk to us about that what what's what's that all about so director of first impressions are our and it's two ladies but it could be equally, it wasn't uh restricted to just being ladies that applied uh julie and christine great great ladies um, and their job is to create a great first impression when the team can't help uh, or aren't available to help. So um, to put it bluntly in estate agents terms, they're our version of Money Penny. Um, but mo- let's say Money Penny on steroids. Um, so they they create that first great first impression. Um, they will sometimes book market appraisals if no one's available. So the customer's not having to hang around and wait for someone to call back. They um, will handle inquiries. So if it's a matter of handing out keys so it's it's either friction you either have a friction service or frictionless service and we want to try and make it as frictionless as possible so if a contractor is coming in for keys they don't want to be hanging around waiting for property management to get off the phone first impressions deal with that so the contractor can get on with their day a buyer's coming in for keys because they're excited about moving in they don't want to be waiting for someone to get off the phone to so they they know that they're coming in oh great great to see you simon it's exciting today that you're moving in here's we've made a little gift for you here it is and and things and we have like a big key um wooden key which we try and encourage them to have a photo with and and things so we can post it on social media but again they're excited to do it so it's all part of the theater of when you um 
uh, from when you collect a key, uh, which again came from um, a car showroom. So I went to pick up a new car. It would have been about four years ago. And the, let's call it fuss, but the fuss and uh, the theatre that was made for that. And I'm thinking, hold on, that, that car, let's say it's £30,000. We're selling stuff that's five times, ten times that. Yeah. And what happens in most estate agents' offices when they when it comes to completion day? Yeah. Well, sometimes you look if we have if if they have the key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've not yeah. had key release yet, or the, the owner's not dropped the keys in yet. Uh, why don't you go and wait in the local coffee shop, and we'll call you when when it's ready. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think on that point as well, there's there's so much to learn on on completion. If you set expectations, right? When when exchange happens, you you ring them up, you congratulate them, you perhaps send them an email saying, right, on the day of completion, it's a bit crazy considering yeah. it's one of the biggest purchases of your life, but it's a bit of a grey area. We have no idea yeah. if you will legally own this at nine o'clock or three o'clock. Yeah. But this is what that completion day will look like. And if you manage your expectations, there's going to be less concern. Whereas if you if it's just kind of a, they walk into the, your office at, at one o'clock and go, do I own this house yet? Because I've, I've sold my one and we go, I've definitely done that over the years. Can you just go wait in the coffee shop? It's madness, yeah. isn't it? Well, and particularly when they've probably got the removal company breathing down their necks saying, yeah. come on, uh, we're charging you by the minute now um, yeah. after three o'clock uh, or by the half hour and it's 500 pounds or whatever it is every half an hour. And they're, they're thinking, Christ, I was hoping to have got the keys in their map of the world. They're thinking I've got getting the keys by 10 because they've moved out of their house. That's what they see. Yeah. And right. And, and it's, I mean, that comes back to like a book by Chris Foss, um, Never Split the Difference. Yeah. Um, and it's that unknown that creates the stress um, and the anxiety. And uh, I think they put moving home second or third highest ranked stress, most stressful experience in the world. Yeah. I think getting married and, and probably having children, maybe. But um, so on that point you just said there, if we think of, some instances and i know josh vegan's got a fantastic like checklist hasn't he of reasons why people move yeah let's say marriage kids death divorce debt five pretty solid and stressful reasons for people moving home and quite often people as uh quite often people doing those all those things happen at the same time yeah they're doing one of the most stressful things they can do followed by another stressful thing yeah so we've got to make them less stressed basically yeah again it, it if, if you can understand maybe how the behavior is with because to may again that all comes down to training i think with the whole training center and training new colleagues is that a new colleague will think god that person's mega stressed or that person's a bit miserable yeah. okay well just maybe take a step back look at everything that they're going through they're, they're selling a house and then maybe buying a house or they're certainly selling a house They've maybe just had their mum and dad pass away. Yeah. They haven't. They've never been an executor in a, in a will, um, so they're having they're having to deal with that. And maybe at some time something else is going on in the world, like like we've got with the rising costs of yeah. fuel and uh, and things. So add all of that together, and you've just got one big stress monster. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. Just on uh something you were saying about five minutes ago you just got back from australia 10 days ago or something was that the yeah. Arik trip no no so Arik. you've been again, you've been again. yeah 
yeah no, no one knew i kept it very secret ah. i kept it very secret. i didn't it was very hard not to post on social about it but i kept it secret i did it as a as an exercise as well to see if anyone noticed that i'd gone um and disappeared um so i went to josh vegan's blueprint wow okay uh, which is a two-day event for people that don't know what it is. So it's a two-day event, and it's literally a blueprint of A to Z, start yep. to finish, in what you should be doing as as a as an estate agent to get from what he calls zero to hero very quick, very quickly. Um, so it's to I've done it a number of times virtually, and I've adjusted myself when I've tried to do it live to their time in the last couple of years. But I thought, right, I've always had an ambition to do it actually in the room. So it's one of my little bucket list ticks off 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 the uh off the list and yeah popped over four four nights and came back amazing so with i think sort of reading watching listening to um australia at the moment you know josh vegan tom panos john mcgrath tom malcolm daniel spencer the other day etc 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 they seem to be always whether it's in the way they do things or the way their market's going they seem to always be ahead and they're talking about that kind of correction in the market where they are so yeah. did Josh Vegan say anything in his blueprint about how agents should be handling things in Oz right now, but maybe we could listen to in readiness for when the market perhaps does uh, um, yeah, realign so, itself? Um, yeah, yes, yes and no, but it's it's been the same advice maybe for the past however many blueprints I've watched, is that it's about refining, it's about refining what you do um, but also with the let's say for example the listing appointment it's not just going in not just going in there and being a tell person uh, and telling and telling them what and telling them what they do which I think a lot of people probably default <laughs> mode into don't they they go out and and I call it throwing up on the customer so literally yeah. just <laughs> chuck everything at them we do this we do that we do that we're great for this we're great for that whereas it, that appointment should be about the customer and what where they're at what what are their problems what are their hopes what are their fears um what are they expecting from today what are they expecting from an estate agent um what's important to them so it's it should be more driven by the customer rather than the agent but i suspect 90 percent of the time the agent goes in and doesn't have those conversations to then actually connect with the customer um, and then then wonder why they're giving recommendations to the customer about price or, or maybe w have been fortunate to win them on the market. They're not listening to them about when it comes to reducing the price because the interest hasn't been there because there isn't any trust because they haven't earned they haven't earned that trust. They haven't earned the right. Um, and and we and I talk about it with our team about you you got to earn the right to represent the clients. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think in terms of saying about earning the right, earning the permission, was that something that Daniel Spencer had said the other morning? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, 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 and and I, I talk about I talk about it with the team. It, it's a privilege and it's an honour. And we talk about representing clients, not not clients using us, but we want to represent. We feel honoured if a client chooses us to represent them because we want to do the best job possible. And I think it's one of the bits of language that I picked up on from Arek and changed my wording when I'm with clients and using that word represent you. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying it's the only thing, but a combination of these things come together have, have certainly helped 
certainly helped our business and the dialogue that I use when I'm in front of a lot. I do a lot of landlord appointments. Um, so when I'm with landlords, we want to represent you looking after your asset. We want to be able to give you that peace of mind and, and, and represent you to the best of our ability so that you can carry on with your normal day to day job. So something I want to delve a bit deeper into um, in terms of like everything you've been saying and traveling to the other side of the world to get ideas, inspiration, motivation, et cetera, et cetera. I do find, and I, I know I'm not alone uh, in saying this, within our industry, um, there's two there's two uh, sentences, both half a dozen words, um, which you'll know exactly what I mean when I say them. But Simon, in my local market, <laughs> it doesn't work. Or we've always done it this way. Yeah. Those two yeah. half a dozen word sentences strike fear into me. Where yeah. I'm like, okay, that's a fixed mindset. Absolutely. If I said you should go listen to what Josh Fegan is saying, or go yeah. li- go listen to Tom Ferry in the US. They'll probably say, "What can these, you know, over energetic um, people tell me about loud, loud, loud mouth?" Yeah, uh, they'll say if yeah. they call it real estate, they don't know what they're talking yeah. about. You know, yeah. tell them to go sell a, a property for 50 grand in the Northwest or something yeah. where, you know, anyone can sell these sell- selling sunset properties. So in terms of your, you just con- continuously are looking inside and outside of the industry, like yeah. you've got your training sense now. I hear you speak on podcast with Stephen and you talk about, yeah. like you don't switch off, you'll go away with your family and it'll be, how you've had a service at a restaurant or something yeah where 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 does that come from um probably imposter syndrome interesting okay <laughs> probably probably imposter syndrome. and and it wasn't until i think david mintz I, I could be wrong but someone posted about a, t- a term called imposter syndrome and i've never heard of that before um because i've i've got a bit of fear of either being a failure um failing and um and I and I have done it it was like when I was growing up it's like well what if when I grow up and I have children I don't have enough money to feed them what am I going to do um kind of thing so I've always had that kind of voice and I think we all have voices in our head yeah we have our positive voices we have our negative voices and then we have like the referee to say come on sort yourself out and and just put your big boy pants on and get out there so um it's I just find it great to try and bring something new and it's not new someone's just evolved it and are indeed it over, over the years and and for someone to say and like you say closed mindset you've also got to prep yourself so I think if you're doing anything training wise I think you need to condition yourself to put you into a state of where you're going to be open to these ideas and whether or not that's listening to listening to I like listening to some good upbeat music so I have a certain playlist where you know where you'd need a bit of a an energizing to yeah yeah to, to bring yourself up you maybe had a couple of bad phone calls or yeah. running with someone listen to that playlist but it's I just find it exciting and the journey that we've been on since 2015 to where we are now I mean our average fee back in 2015 was 0.94% plus VAT and we were a market, lead, market leading agent for that now it's it's a lot lot higher the average I think is 1.56 now plus VAT as, as an average as an average across the board and obviously you could argue that house prices have gone up but at, but at, so is our yeah cut of the share but we're actually delivering better service and better yeah. results for our clients as a result of it but by that investment 
But you say, pro- you know, property prices have gone up um, and, you, you know, you fee and, and monetary, uh, so percentage of monetary. But yeah. you mentioned it earlier, costs of living, inflation, like yeah. the costs of running the business yeah. keep, keeps going up. And I remember um, being at the uh, FIA conference in December yeah. uh, 21. And when Graham Locke looked at what the average property price is now, what the average fee was and... Uh, looking back over a decade, dozen years ago, whatever, and going basically with inflation and looking at all the economics and stuff, yeah. it's like with as estate agents, we're probably charging. I think it was something like seven hundred to a thousand pounds, too little yeah. on each transaction because yeah. of the way everything's gone. It was it was fascinating um, to see. But again, you've you've been able to increase those fees from twenty fifteen because of all these other things you're doing, both looking inside the industry, outside the industry, different corners of the world to achieve it. And I remember, Luke, long before um, uh, I'd even, well, we've never actually met in person, but spoken on on a Zoom call or something. So two things. So I would have come across you on the Estate Agents podcast with Stephen and Andy whenever that started a few years ago. And I actually remember being at a right move, I don't know what they call it, seminar or something. And yeah. it's like years ago, and I remember walking into a room, and you were sat at the back, yeah, quietly minding your own business. I was like, "Bloody Luke St. Clair, Luke's here. Bang it. He's, he's that guy who does a podcast. What's he doing? Yeah. He needs to be here." So again, that that third, yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been Milton Keynes, I bet. Uh, I actually yeah. think this one was. I'm going to say it was like Huntingdon or something. Yeah, sorry, that's right. With Susie Crawler. Uh, yeah, could be, and yeah. Could, yeah, could well have been. But I remember being in that room, and that was an email came through from Right Move. And yeah. I was I was a, a branch manager, and it would have gone through to all the branches, and I was the only person from the twelve branch company that yeah. went there. And I took a neg with me, um, yeah. and we were both sort of buzzing about it. We'd we'd watch the the Right Move webinars with you know your Josh Vegans or Julian O'Dell, Richard yeah. Rawlings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we were really excited to be there. And I remember sitting down. I've probably told this story several times before, but this sort of cocksure guy quite young looks over at us and he's like you right lads like who made you come here <laughs> and it was like eh, we've come here on our own accord yeah. and he's like ah oh, don't know about that i've been made to come here what are these guys going to teach us yeah. and then at the at the start i think daniel barrer who's no longer at right me i think he was like head of insight or something that's right went, right we've mystery shopped everyone in the room yeah and just see everyone like sink into their chairs yeah and the the results were astounding. I can't remember the exact exact figures, but the amount of people who hadn't responded to the leads or they'd responded but not answered the question, yeah. they'd emailed but not phoned. And it was like the the most basic thing of dealing yeah. with a lead into your business, not yeah. being actioned or not being actioned properly. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, Josh talks about that. He, he talks about it in terms of work, the inquiry. So that inquiry that comes in, uh, obviously, there could be a landlord, could be a vendor, uh, could be a buyer, could be a tenant, but those tenants could also be a landlord. So again, he talks about on your tenant application form, have you got, um, do you own a, a place of residence? And I bet you most tenants application form, tenancy application forms don't have that question. You may ask for where they live, yeah. but do you actually ask if they if they actually own a property? Because quite a few tenants do, it may be in a different part of the country or even or even world um for it so um and it is interesting you say about that whole mystery shop because we we did an exercise in the week with some questions and um so we just sent out a few we we didn't do this verbally so we sent out some text messages with a type form 
um, to clients that are still looking. We said, are you still looking? If it was a no, then it, it took them off the, the CRM um, or made them non-active. But then we asked, um, how open-minded would you be to be saving money on your mortgage? Uh, so question. <laughs> so, but bear in mind that was a form and not a conversation. Um, we had twelve responses that said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm open-minded." So, because who's not open-minded at the minute to save money with with everything that's going on, and particularly with mortgage rates, they're juggling around all the time. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to then see some of the other areas. So where we had identified them as nothing to sell, but they actually have a property to sell in our core market. Yeah. And they self-identified themselves as that. So again, it, it helps identify training needs. So we we make ourselves vulnerable so that we can make sure that we are asking those better game-changing yeah. questions when we actually are on the phone to extract that information. Because I don't believe that that customer told us that they have nothing to sell. Yeah. If we ask the right questions anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Game-changing questions. I really like that. And out-questioning the competition. I think yeah. it's an important thing as well. Um, just on what you'd said, Dan, uh, in terms of tenants being landlords, that sort of accidental landlord and stuff. Uh, can't remember how many years ago this was, but I read this, but in a right move landlord uh, sort of insight, they said that on their research, 10% of tenants are landlords, which is quite a staggering yeah. amount. But again, if you've not got that question being asked or if it's not in a form, like yeah. you're missing out on so many opportunities. And uh, again, I say to when I speak to letting agents and they say, Oh, I want, you know, the keys to that treasure chest of landlords, but it's so difficult. And it's like, well, if you've got the person who's coming to rent a house for you and it says that they live locally and they're rented, I'm like, what have you done with that information? They look at me blankly. I'm like, you need to go figure out where, who is that landlord and where do they live? Because you've just been told that's a rental address and someone's about to leave it. Yeah. hundred percent and i think i'm sure you come across it in your line of work but everyone wants that magic bullet don't they that golden bullet that silver bullet where they're going to get instructions now um and someone said to me just recently you've got to be in someone's past to be in their future like that so um and and it that that kind of really resembled with me and that all comes down to obviously the whole stephen brown and creating the opportunities the dialogues that you use again it's not about scripts but it's about words to use efficiently to get that message across rather than us blabbering on um, with, <clears throat> with things. And, and we found that with our Landlords First programme, which we reignited um, a few months ago. And that's been <clears throat> absolutely huge, even to the point where we've had, I've had a landlord call me, sign our terms of business, return all the forms before I've even been out to actually see the property because of the nurturing that we've done with our landlords first program yeah so it, it but people aren't prepared to put that effort in to have those rewards later on in life they want instant gratification i think i think chris watkins says that a hell of a lot doesn't he in terms of yeah. going after those landlords um right we're, we're coming towards the end of the podcast we've got a couple more questions to uh yeah. quickly ask you but before doing that can you just share very quickly a little bit about Landlords First, I'm sure agents listening are going, what's this? Yeah, so Landlords First, it very very quickly, is is a club, uh, or uh, we joke about it in the office, it's a gang, but it's a club. Um, so they they elect into it, so it's a simple type form, landlord 
fill their details in, say what they're interested in, have they got an appetite to be buying more properties? Are they interested in Article 4, selective licensing, because they're the two two key topics in Leicester at the minute. Uh, Are they interested in our events and seminars? And would they like information on legal updates? So if they only want legal updates, they only get the legal update information. Um, But those landlords are the ones, as an example, where they then realise actually there's more to it than just collecting rent. So then they start to reach out and have conversations to say, actually, I'm probably out of my depth here. Can you then deal with the property for me? Yeah. Appetite. So again, selling properties to them if they've got the appetite to buy another property. So again, it's instantly creating that pool of landlords that you want as your raving fans, your little tribe yeah. um, to, to help. And it's all done by WhatsApp. It's not done by email. So it's all done by WhatsApp rather than email. So it's, so it's personal. Again, email, 30% say open rate. WhatsApp, we're probably talking 80, 90%. Yeah open rate with it so i use a little tool on google sheets where you can mail merge to whatsapp and then it sends those messages out and you can personalize them you've got to be careful of not sending too many because yeah. of whatsapp and spamming but it could be so i normally send unless there's a brand new legal update i always send a legal update reminder so last week it was about the how to rent guide because i had a conversation with a landlord because <laughs> i hadn't served the right how to rent guide yeah. This week, it will be about deposits because I had a conversation with a landlord that had been to court, hasn't protected the deposit, hasn't returned the money to the tenant and has lost the court case. So it's reminding them of these, reminding them of these things. And it doesn't take a long time, but it's something we're doing day in, day out. And why not share that information with people? Yeah, I think absolute goal what you just said. And every week there is something coming out in the industry press or there's something you've experienced firsthand but you can then offer as a service. Yeah. And I think it's, I always steal this, and I think it's from Josh Vegan, prospecting works best when it feels like a service. That's right. exactly what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And who, who doesn't have one investment property to propose to their landlords with an appetite yeah. to help grow your portfolio? And that's how you can grow, grow your portfolio. Um, and then they reply, and then you get into a conversation. So just in the past week, we've unearthed one landlord with 39 properties, one, one landlord with eight properties that need selective licensing um the landlord yesterday um where he'd been to court so he's got a pro- so he's got a property um and there's and there's others but rather than just going all out to say and actually saying how many properties do you own so that's one thing we didn't put on the form yeah. because then all of a sudden everyone's guard gets up doesn't they yeah, oh, yeah. sell to me you've got to earn the right to have that information in my opinion yeah yeah again earn the right love that right last last question because we've yeah. literally got 60 seconds um you have an app yes an app duty app can you just share with the listeners about that because when you when you launched that whenever it was yeah I absolutely loved it so can you just leave the listeners with that last little bit of gold yeah so this is just an uh it's an app that we had built it is only in the ios store uh where you can put what you're achieving asking price wise what your competitors are achieving um and then you can do a like for like to demonstrate because generally the good agents are achieving far better. So we're achieving 101.4 at last count of asking price. Um, I know one of our competitors is actively promoting that they get 98%. Um, so there's a, there's a there's a big difference there. So even if we are half a percent more, a full percent more, we are still putting more money in that pocket. So we actually then, you, again, you can draw it out. Or uh, again, I just customised this for McGrath when I sent it across to um, John McGrath uh, as an example. But where you can put through uh, the likely sale price, what the fee is, including VAT. It then works out the fees 
and what's the net figure and then it basically tells you how much is you're going to be better off in your pocket i've sometimes then done the screenshot and then sent that on to the client so they've got a record of it yeah that, that... If you're not good at maths then it helps <laughs> i so when you just said about the screenshot when I could, when I was in someone's living room a few years ago, when like when you released it, and I could white label it and stuff, yeah. and we sat in their living room, and you can say it till you're blue in the face, you know, yeah. like but but you cost one percent more. I know, but they don't. But it's what again, it's what people see with their yeah. eyes. And then so sometimes you, you have to draw it out or explain, yeah. it, show and, them, and you literally do that, and you go da 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 in front of them. They're like, oh, so I'll be five grand better off if I go with you, and you're like, yes. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to explain for the yeah. last 10 minutes. But again, that's all, again, that comes back to when you're actually out on appointments uh, and you're in front of clients, are you just verbal about it or are you showing them? Because most people will remember what they see yeah. rather than what, what they're hearing a lot of the time. So it's again, have again, Josh talks about it. Have you got sexy or have you got lickable visuals? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Very true. And what's what's the app called for anyone who needs to? Uh, it's just called K in the App Store. I think it's just killed, called KB Properties. It's free to download. Um, I'm just trying to have a look for it now. Uh, just called KB. Yeah, uh, Knightsbridge Colleague. It's called actually. It's a Knightsbridge Colleague. Um, you can white label it, so you can put your own color scheme and put your own little logo at the top, so it makes it you don't have to have it looking like McGraw or Knightsbridge. Um, and yeah, oh gosh, over four years old we did four years ago we did that. Yeah, well there you go. Perfect. Well, that is I think that's a great place to end that you've just dropped that absolute golden nugget um for for agents. So yeah, I just want to say, Luke, thank you so much for taking uh, 30 minutes out of your uh, valuable time to be a guest. Really appreciate it. No, cool. Thank you. Have a good day.